So here I am at the Multicultural Festival and I'm standing at the Global Hepatitis C tent and I'm talking to John Dicklick who is the Executive Director. G'day John. G'day Rod, how are you going? Now John, can you explain what is Hepatitis C? Well, Hepatitis C is a bloodborne virus uh, that affects the liver and is transmitted when blood from an infected person enters the bloodstream of another person. That's pretty much as simple as it gets. So it's a long-term virus carried through the bloodstream and transmitted through things such as needles? Yeah, that's right. So any way that a person can come into contact with an infected person's blood and that blood enter the bloodstream, that's how hepatitis C is transmitted. So you're right, uh, injecting drug use... DIY and backyard tattooing, tattooing in other countries sometimes, infected blood products, transmission in the home even sometimes, and a small amount of mother to child during childbirth. Okay, now if I had hep C, how would I know? Uh, You'd know you had hep C when you got a blood test and your doctor said, Rod, you've got hep C. Well, the symptoms of hep C, uh, the first one that you'll see on the list of symptoms is often there are no symptoms. So that's the most important thing to say. Uh, for the most part, people with hepatitis C don't know they've got it unless they suspect it yeah. or they find they're positive through a blood test. Um, hepatitis C can create symptoms that people notice, particularly over the long term, including uh, fatigue, um, brain fog, sometimes some abdominal discomfort, and rarely, but it is possible uh, that people sometimes... Uh, develop jaundice from hepatitis C. So they go yellow, their urine goes a dark uh, yellow colour, um, sometimes the whites of the eyes go a little bit yellow, but jaundice is more commonly associated with hepatitis B and hepatitis A. I've been careless with a, a syringe or whatever, I've started to develop some of the symptoms. What does my future look like now? Your future looks pretty bright if you get tested, diagnosed and treated. Um, If uh, somebody's been living with hepatitis C for decades, that's a long time to live with a virus that is uh, potentially fatal, then uh, liver disease develops over time. Uh, The liver can become uh, scarred, um, so it can become uh, cirrhotic. Uh, or uh, fibrotic, which is um, which is the hardening of the liver, which uh, can lead to cirrhosis, and uh, and with that becomes uh, reduced liver function. So Hep C can pe- make people sick over time, and and can can kill people over time as well. Okay, so the the liver is the main organ in your body that cleanses your blood. And uh, if you're going to damage it, and so you said sclerosis is like long-term alcohol abuse would be another way of getting that. Uh, what, what, what treatments are there once you've got hep C? Is it possible to cure a person? It sure is. Yeah, 1st of March 2016, new treatments became available for hepatitis C that are uh, quite rapid, so 12 weeks in most cases. Cure hepatitis C in 95% of cases and are much better tolerated in terms of side effects than the old medicines used to be. So we're now in a brave new world, a new dawn of hepatitis C treatment and it by all accounts is going very, very well. So you could be cured but it would still be exceedingly unpleasant and 
I think you're saying it's pretty expensive as well. So there's different medicines for different genotypes, but it's fair to say that for most people, uh, a course of hep C treatment uh, will cost the pharmaceutical benefits scheme around about $66,000. Now, one place where people get infected with hep C are in prisons. What's your take on uh, the situation? Because it is very touchy for prison authorities. Yeah, that's fair. So I'll I'll stick to the facts. The facts are that uh, prisons have a much higher rate of hepatitis C uh, than the broader community and there is a far higher incidence, that is the rate at which hepatitis C is transmitted, there's a far higher incidence of hepatitis C in prisons as well. And uh, that comes down to a few factors, uh, but for for the most part it is associated uh, with the uh, sharing of contaminated injecting equipment. So what do you think should be done about it? There's a range of responses. There's no silver bullet. Um, Access to treatment is important. Diagnosis is important. Uh, Education and awareness is important. Um, Those things uh, happen to... Those things are available for prisoners pretty much across Australia, with some exceptions. Uh, But what is the gap... Uh, the gap in the strategic response to hep C in prisons, that is the case uh, across Australia, is there is no regulated access to injecting equipment. Are you talking about a sanctioned needle exchange program? Yeah, so I, I prefer the term regulated, and the reason why I say that, Rod, is in, in every prison in Australia there already exists a needle and syringe program. It's run by prisoners. Uh, it circulates a, a limited range of contaminated equipment and it causes harm. Uh, but in every prison that I'm aware of in the country, it is possible to access injecting equipment. It's just harmful. Uh, and, and so the alternative, in my view, is uh, a regulated program, so a formal, sanctioned, controlled program of access to injecting equipment. And in 60-odd prisons around the world, uh, there already are such programs and they operate uh, safely and effectively right now and in some countries have done for more than a decade. Do we have any, any examples in Australia? Uh, no, we don't. The ACT for some time was seen to be leading the way nationally on blood bomb virus prevention policy because the government had the government had released a blood bomb virus management strategy for the prison that included a commitment to implement a needle and syringe uh, program, a regulated program in our prison. Um, but that hasn't gone ahead for a variety of reasons. What about bleach? Yeah, bleach is important. Uh, Access is uh, not comprehensive in our prison. Uh, When used correctly, full-strength household bleach can prevent uh, the transmission of bloodborne viruses, including hep C, hep B and HIV. But obviously, bleach only works uh, when the prisoners who need it have access to it. And sadly, that's not the case all the time. Okay, now, John, what brought you into this? What got you working with hepatitis ACT? Yeah, I, I came to um, to hepatitis ACT after a few years uh, working in government policy around Indigenous health policy and drug and alcohol policy. It's kind of difficult to have conversations about 
drug and alcohol policy without talking about Hep B and Hep C, and it's, that's the same with Indigenous health policy. So I already had a background in this material, so I've always been very focused on social justice, and um, you know, and I see bloodborne viruses, although quite clearly a health issue, also as a social justice issue. Thank you, John. Any final thoughts? If people want more information about hepatitis B or C, they can access uh, all of that at no cost and a whole range of other supports as well at Hepatitis ACT. And you can find us on on the web at hepatitisact.com.au or come and visit us in person next to the Polish Club opposite the O'Connor Shops in North Canberra. Thank you, John. Thanks, Rod.